who forgot to pick up your lesson? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. We want to make sure you get a lesson. Anybody need a lesson? Are y'all waving or do y'all need a lesson? See, this is like an auction. You can't do anything like that in an auction, you know. That means you just bought three items that were very expensive. All right. Anybody else? Anybody need a lesson? Everybody good? All right. All right. Right here. Right here. Right here, Brother Lawrence. Okay. We're in John chapter number two. John chapter number two. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to John chapter number two. John chapter number two. Everybody good? Everybody have a great day? Anybody have a bad day? All right, a few of y'all. All right. All right. It'll be better tonight. It's going to be a great lesson. Great, great lesson. All righty then. If you're in John chapter number 2 and ready to go, say amen. amen. The Bible says, In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's some pretty good advice. Let me say that again. Whatsoever he saith unto you, that's some pretty good advice. Would you say amen? amen? And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then they that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples did what? His disciples believed on him father we thank you lord for your word today thank you for the privilege it is to serve you god help us today as we study your word and study uh, the book of john and and lord help us to to grow in our faith lord for those that are here that's not believers those that are here that's not saved i pray that we'll study and we'll read something that will will spur faith in their heart god i pray that you'll move in a, in a great way this evening thank you for the privilege of being here thank you for those who've come out tonight and, Lord, they came to learn, and they came to grow, and they came to hear. And God, I pray they will not leave disappointed. Help us as we study your word. Open the Bible to our minds. Lord, I pray that you'll illuminate our hearts and just reveal to us the truth of the word. And, Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. Uh, here's what I'd like to do uh, to begin uh, to begin. Uh, this particular study in chapter number two, we need to go back. We need to go back and and rehearse a little bit and 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 review a little bit 
uh, the book of John. Now remember, remember that this, this was the last gospel that was written. Matthew, Mark, and Luke had already been written. And later on, John knew that, he understood that, and he had a specific reason to write the gospel that he wrote. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were the synoptic gospels, and this is Johannan doctrine, all right? This is the gospel that was written to the church. If that makes sense, say amen. In other words, John knew, and John looked at all the things that were written and all the things that were recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and he decided to write his, his gospel and include some things in there. Now, let's, let's go back. Let's go back. I'll just read it, save you time from looking, but if you want to look, I'm in John 20, verse 30. It says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. In other words, uh, we find, and, and, and some say, some say he, he, he really made nine miracles, all right, if you include the resurrection from the dead and you include the meal that he, he created for his disciples on the shore that night. But I want to just say seven, all right? If you want to include those other two, that's fine. But let's just use the perfect number seven. Uh, seven miracles that John recorded. He took these specifically out. And, and recorded these for a purpose. Are y'all with me? And he's saying here in this verse, there was tons of other stuff he did. Matter of fact, he even goes specifically saying this. He said, if all of them was written, the books of this world could not contain all the miracles. So if we read our Bible and we see the miracles Jesus did, don't think in your mind that this is all that he did. That these are all the miracles that he did. Because it's not. The Bible says there was tons more. Tons more. But these are written. These seven that I'm going to give you, these are written. Watch, watch what he says. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written. The ones we're going to study throughout the book of John, these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So let's look at this. He uses the word signs. Now, we use the word miracles, right? We t turning water into wine is a miracle, correct? Uh, walking on the water is a miracle, right? Uh, healing the, 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 the dying man's servant or the, uh, the man's dying servant, that is a miracle, right? Uh, uh, you know, all this stuff that we read is a miracle. Raising Lazarus from the dead is a miracle. But John uses the word sign. Now, sign, what does that mean? It means there is a message that goes with the miracle. The miracle itself, the act itself, is not the main deal. It is not the main thing you need to know. In other words, in other words, feeding the 5,000, the, the act of taking one lad's lunch and feeding thousands of people is not the main deal. It's a big deal. But it's not the, the main deal. What is the main deal? That he is the bread of life. Does that make sense? In other words, John's not just giving you the miracle. He's giving you the message that goes with the miracle. That's what makes it a sign. S-I-G-N. Are you with me? Say amen. So everyone that we study, including this one tonight, it, there's a message that goes with it. It's not just the fact that Jesus had power to do something supernatural. He did something supernatural to teach you something. And so that you would know something. And what did you need to know? That he is the son of 
God. And if you believe that he is the son of God, you will have life eternally. Say amen. So the ultimate purpose of this book is so you will go to heaven. So you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life. If that makes sense, say amen. Now let me go through the seven that, that, that is recorded. You remember, we're taking out, we're taking out the, the meal that's created, and we're taking out uh, him raising from the dead. We're, we're looking at the specific things he did before that, okay? Uh, the miracle one, to w- water into wine, that's John 2. Miracle 2, healing the official son, that's John 4. The healing at the pool of Bethesda, the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, that's John 5. The feeding of the 5,000, John 6. Walking on water, that's the end of John 6. Uh, healing the man born blind, that's John 9. Raising Lazarus from the dead, that's John 11. Now watch, watch these messages that go with this. Watch these things that we're learning that goes with this. And, and, and I'm going to go, this is just a, this is a brief overview of each one, and then we're going to go into detail about turning the water into wine, what that teaches us, okay? All right, miracle one, which is turning water into wine, it shows us that he came to take us from the stone-cold and empty way of man's religion into a living and joyful relationship with him. Amen. Miracle 2. Miracle 2. When he healed the official son, it shows that we are saved by grace through faith, and we're going to learn about that later on. Uh, Miracle 3. Miracle 3. The healing of the pool of Bethesda. He could not get in the pool himself. All right? Jesus came to him, and it shows our futile works are insufficient to save ourselves. We need him to save us. Miracle 4. Feeding of the 5,000 is a demonstration of his supernatural care and provision for those who seek him. Miracle 5, walking on the water, shows that because of his miraculous power, we can easily accomplish things through him that would be all but impossible on our own. Miracle 6, healing the man born blind, reveals that if we allow it, he can cause even the lowliest person born spiritually blind to see and believe. Miracle 7, raising Lazarus from the dead, it is a promise that all who believe in him will live even though they die, and those who live and believe will never die. Somebody say amen. amen. What, what great messages. You see, the message is more important than the miracle because it is the message. Faith cometh by and hearing by the... All right, amen? So the message is what we need to get. The message is what we need to receive. We don't need to be just all, you know, excited about, ooh, ooh, something cool, Jesus did something. What is he trying to tell us through that? What is he trying to teach us through that? What, what is he trying to use the miracle to bring into our life? What message, what word is he wanting us to receive? If that makes sense, say amen. All right, let's jump into chapter number two. <clears throat> let's jump into chapter number two, and, 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 and we'll get started. John chapter one <clears throat> John chapter 1 is basically verbal testimony. Say those two words with me. John chapter 1 is basically verbal testimony. We had a verbal testimony from John, the apostle John. We had verbal testimony from John Baptist. You know, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Uh, The apostle John said "He he is the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. So we have a verbal testimony that this is God's Son, right? You remember, the whole book 
is written so that we would know and we would have evidence that this is God's son, that Jesus is the one the apostles, or excuse me, the prophets talked about. Jesus is the one that the scriptures told us about that would be coming. This is God's son. So chapter 1 starts out with verbal testimony. We have verbal testimony from the Apostle John. We have verbal testimony from uh, John Baptist. We have verbal testimony from the disciples that we find there that were following him, the first followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, now, as we move into chapter number 2, we go into the ministry and and the, the public ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a very important thing is given here. Uh, uh, the word that said, this is the beginning of miracles. This is the very first one. Now, you've seen TV shows and you've seen different people, you know, make insinuations that Jesus, when he was a, a little bitty toddler, touches a broken butterfly and he flies off. And mar- That's not, don't believe that. That's hocus pocus. That's not true. That's just, that's just a figment of people's imagination. You say, well, why can't we believe that? Because it's not in the book. Don't speculate. Don't speculate. Here's a great rule of thumb. Where the Bible is quiet, we stay quiet. Where the Bible speaks up, we speak up. Amen? So the Bible says here, this is the beginning of miracles. This is the first miracle Jesus performed here on planet Earth. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, let's jump into it. Chapter number 2 and verse number 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus was called and his disciples. Now at the time, it's just a handful. It's not all, it's not all 12 yet. It's not all 12, it's just about half of them. Uh, and so here we find the marriage. The marriage. Uh, write this down. If you're taking notes under the marriage, I want you to put this. The picture it represents. <clears throat> the picture it represents. One, one cool thing, one cool thing about this this picture or, or, or this story is that we see the humanity of Jesus. Now, we're going to see the deity when he performs the miracle. When he turns the water into wine, we're going to see the deity. We're going to see his power. You know, we see his glory, as it was said. But he's, he's hanging out at a wedding. He's going to a party. He's going to where people are. He is where the common people are. Most likely, most likely, this is a uh, 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 let's see how what's the what would be uh, I don't want to say a poor wedding, but most likely this was underprivileged. Uh, Jesus Jesus grew up very poor. Uh, they were not very wealthy. Uh, most likely because of the problem that arises in the wedding, it was probably a small venue. Uh, uh, maybe it could have been relatives. Could have been relatives to Mary. They were well known. Mary was well known. But they invite. Jesus and his disciples, his followers, to come and be here. But we see his humanity. He's being there with people. He's a very personal Savior. Say amen. All right? Now, here's here's what we find. Here's the picture we see. We see a marriage. Now, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we see that the, the, the relationship between Israel and God is like a marriage. Now, let's look in, look in your notes. In the Old Testament... The nation of Israel is pictured as married to God and and, and Israel being unfaithful to her marriage covenant. Isaiah 54, 5, For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name. 
and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the whole earth, shall be called. Now remember, between Old Testament and New Testament, there's 400 silent years. There's 400 years of darkness. There's 400 years of no word from God. Y'all with me? No movement, no prophetic utterance, no, no word from the Lord. Israel is in a bad way. They're very religious, but they don't know him. Y'all with me? And so here we have a wedding, and, and, and we see symbolism. We see symbolism. We see a relationship here, a relationship between Israel and God. Now, the second thing I want you to write down, and this is where we get to the meat of the lesson, not only the picture it represents, but I want you to see this. I want you to see the problem, the problem it reveals. The problem it reveals. The wine ran out. Now, here's the thing. Most weddings, most weddings, traditional Jewish weddings, lasted a whole week. You know, I thought it was bad when I had to feed people that Saturday. <clears throat> and, and, and I, 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 you know, let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. This, 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 this website, Pinterest, ain't done nothing but cost men money. I'm going to just tell you that right now. I, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm bitter about it. I'm going to just be honest. I'm bitter about it. When I got married, we sent out wedding invitations. No, you got to send out uh, save-the-date stuff now. Come to this. Come to that. Four million dollars later, now you can send out a wedding invitation. <clears throat> it's crazy. Amen? Well, during that, during that time, they had the feast all week long. I mean, they'd celebrate. When they celebrated a wedding, they celebrated a wedding all week long. It was the groom's responsibility to make sure there was enough food, enough wine, enough uh, provisions for the whole deal. Matter of fact, they could even be sued. If they ran out or if something went wrong, uh, the groom's family could be sued by the bride's family because of the situation that took place. So most likely, they were, they were probably poor. Uh, they probably didn't have sufficient, uh, 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 sufficient issue here, and there's a problem. They run out of wine. Now remember this, in, 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 in the Word of God, wine is always a type of joy and blessing. Now listen, what is this saying about Israel? They run out of joy. They run out of provision. Here they are. Here they are. We have a relationship. We have something that is supposed to be. We have a wedding, and it's supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be joyful. It's supposed to have life. But guess what? We we're empty. We're empty. And you know what? That was a perfect, a perfect representation of the nation of Israel. They're supposed to know God. They're supposed to be close to God. They're supposed to be the representatives of the one true God to all of the rest of the world. And guess what? They were very religious, but they were empty. He said, you look good on the outside. You look like whited sepulchers. You know what that means? That means you look like marble and everything looks clean and white on the outside, but you're just like a tomb. Your inside are full of dead men's bones. And Jesus has come on the scene. Aren't you glad Jesus shows up right on time? We see a problem. We move, we're moving from, from the emptiness of the old relationship, the emptiness of the old covenant, the emptiness of the Old Testament. Now we're moving into something new. 
Jesus comes on the scene, things are fixing to drastically change. Somebody say amen. So, <coughs> excuse me. So we see the marriage. Number two, <coughs> we see the mother. <coughs> we see the mother. Look at, look at Mary. Look at Mary. The Bible says <coughs> in verse number, verse number three, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Now here's, here's two things that we see. First, we see the task that she desired. <clears throat> the task that she desired. Uh, no, no miracles have taken place so far. So, so Jesus claiming to be who he is, the only one, now think about this, the only one present that knew without a shadow of a doubt who Jesus was, was Mary. Y'all with me? You say, how do you know? She's the only one knew that she hadn't been with no other man. Are y'all with me? So she is the only one. Thanks, Doc. <clears throat> She's the only one that knew without a shadow of a doubt. Now think about this. Possibly, some writers say this, and, 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 and uh, could it be, could it be that, that maybe she wanted to be vindicated for all the people who thought Jesus was illegitimate? Could it be that finally, m most, most Bible scholars believe that Joseph had died by now, and, and, and so this is, this is 30 years into Jesus, 30 years old, and, and, and quite possibly, whatever the reason was, she knew he could do something. That's why she told him, whatever he tells you, you just do it. You just do it. So she, she wants something done. She has a desire to help the people. She has a desire. She doesn't want the humiliation. She doesn't want the humiliation of running out of provision. I mean, this would be a scandal. This would be a terrible thing. And, and whoever it was, she was close enough to, she wanted Jesus to do something about it. Now, this is the intriguing part of this deal. All right, the second thing I want you to write down, write this down. Not only the task she desired, but then the truth that she discovered. The truth that she discovered. First, this is, this is a key pivotal point. A key pivotal point. Now, if we go back, <clears throat> let's go back. <clears throat> let's go back several years. Let's go back several years. Uh, uh, let's see. What's 30 minus 12? 18? Is that what it is? Okay, 18 years. Let's go back 18 years. He's in the temple. Y'all remember when Mary and Joseph lost him? How would you like to be the one that lost Jesus? God looks down at Mary and Joseph, one job I gave y'all. One job. I'm sorry, I'm just, I just come to mind. <clears throat> they lose Jesus, they can't find him. They go back and they finally locate him. He's in the temple, y'all remember, questioning, answering questions, confounding the wise. I mean, they're just blown away by his authority, blown away by what he knew, and, and they just, just unbelievable. And this is what they do. Now, you know, you know, I mean, as a parent, uh, this is the first thing that happens when, when you lose a child, amen? I was at a basketball game in Hansville. And, uh, and, and one of the children of, the, of the, uh, some of the parents that was there, he, he kind of got away, and I'm going to keep his name 
uh, uh, anonymous, amen, just to, just to protect him, amen? Uh, but anyway, he got away, and we was all looking and, and frantic and everything, and, and mom and dad was just, ooh, and, and, and I, can, I can still see mom in, in, in the face and the fear, and the, oh, and then when she found him, there was such relief, and she just checked him, made sure everything was right, and then she says, now I'm going to kill you. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, here, here, you know, Mary and Joseph, they tell Jesus, what are you doing? What are you, man, you scared us half to death. What are you doing? And this is what, this is what Jesus said. Wished you not that I must be about my father's business? Listen, I came here for a purpose. Even at that age, he knew his purpose. He knew his, his reason for being here. But here's the significant part. Here's the significant part. At 12 years old, and all the young people, I guess not many of them in here, but, but all the young people need to get this. He submitted to their authority. Instead of just saying, hey, I got business to take care of. He, he, he did what he was supposed to do as a young person under the authority of another. He submitted to their authority. What a great example. Say amen. amen. But watch this. Things are changing. Things are changing. Now, now. Jesus is moving out from under her authority and beginning his public ministry. Are y'all with me? He addresses her, not as mom, but as woman. Now, don't get all bent out of shape about that. You know, I know it sounds kind of like, you know, woman? What's that? You know, that, that's not the way that, that it, it, that's just the terminology then. It was a polite way to address them. It doesn't sound that way nowadays, but in that culture, that was a polite way to address another adult, all right? Here's what he's saying. Basically this, why are you including me in this? Why are you including me in this? My, my hour has not yet come. He, he is saying, listen, listen, I, I'm on a mission now. Things are changing now. Listen, it's not, it's not I'm moving. I, the relationship is changing from being your son to being your savior. Y'all see this? All right, things are changing now. Things are, he is stepping out on the scene. He's beginning his public ministry. This is the first step to his public ministry. This begins at all, and so the relationship changes. Now watch this. <clears throat> Let me read this so you can, you can understand. Jesus' reply seems a bit abrupt and even harsh, but it's not the case. Woman was a polite way to address her, and we see it in John 19, 26, even in 2013 when he, he presents her to John. You remember when Jesus is dying on the cross, he tells John, now she's your responsibility. You know, he took care of her while he was alive, but he's going to die and go. Now, John, it's your, it's your job now. Okay, and his statement merely means, why are you getting me involved in this matter? He's making it clear to his mother that he was no longer under her supervision, but that from now on he would be doing what the Father wanted him to do. There had been a hint of this some years later. You remember what we just talked about in the temple? But remember, in the temple, he was still he was still underage. He was still someone under authority. So guess what? He submitted. Well, now he's an adult. Now the time has come for him to begin his ministry. Now the relationship has changed. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, now watch this. Not only is there a change in relationship, but there's a commitment to responsibility. This is one thing that's really important I think we need to understand. Jesus had a timetable. <clears throat> For everything. For everything. Jesus was never early and he was never late. 
you'll see over and over again the word mine hour or your hour. You know, when he talks about the hour of darkness, all right, when Judas betrays him and all of that, you, you, you know, this is your hour. This is your hour in the power of darkness. Everything's right on time. How many of y'all know that the disciples tried to hurry that up? How many of y'all know everybody's got a great plan for your life? And sometimes you've got to back it up and say, whoa, that's a great idea. That's not what my Father wants me to do. You remember what Jesus said? I do always those things that please the Father. He had a divine timetable. He went where he was supposed to go. He did what he was supposed to do. You remember in, in, in John uh, uh, 4, I think it's John 4, when he meets a woman at the well, and he said, I must needs go through Samaria. In other words, there's something there. This is important. I have a timetable. What's the point? Jesus stuck to what he was supposed to do. He was committed to the will of the Father. There was so much he could have done. There was so much he could have been. Uh, there was, listen, it, it was limitless. What Je- but he didn't do everything everybody wanted him to do. There were people after he fed the 5,000 that wanted to make him king right then. But guess what? Ultimately, he is king. Ultimately, the Father hath exalted him. What does it say in Philippians chapter, uh, I believe it's number 4. Uh, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's terrible, but watch what it says. But he hath highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. What's the point? They were trying to rush. They said, let's make him king. What did the devil do? What did the devil do in the temptation? Y'all remember when he was tempted in the wilderness? He said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Guess what? That was what the father had already promised him. But the devil wants you to shortcut And Jesus understood the will of the father was this. There's a cross. Then there's a crown. And boy, there's a truth that we can learn from that. Guys, there's so much that God wants you to have, but the devil will tell you to take a shortcut. The devil will tell you, listen, uh, uh, sex is a great thing in marriage. God intends for it. He created it. He come up with it. But guess what? The devil says, take a shortcut. Don't get married. Don't commit. Don't, listen, uh, give everything to your spouse and say, hey, I'm committed to you. The devil wants you to take it as a shortcut. And it always leads to death and loss. Are y'all with me? He said, I got a timetable. I'm here to do my Father's will. I'm going to stay on that timetable. Now, we know that this did not deter him from being or doing what God wanted him to do. The point Jesus was making in the comment was this. Now, I've got an agenda. Now, things are changing. My public ministry is beginning now. And all God's people say it. All right, let's look at this. Let's look, turn the page, turn the page to the miracles. I love the symbolism in this particular miracle. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. 
And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear into the governor of the feast, and they bear it. All right, now let's look. First, A, if you're taking notes, write this down under the miracle. I want you to see the prophetic application. The prophetic application. Now remember, remember, we're transitioning. We're transitioning. This is, this is something that, that I think it would make the whole Bible come alive if we could understand this. We're transitioning. This is why, this is why uh, the Jewish people had such problems. Because transition means change. Right? Trans, trans, transition, transmission. First to second, say amen. Yeah, it's out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, got, I just had memories. Amen. All right. You're changing. Let's get serious, people. All right. You're changing from one to the other. Okay? These water pots, these water pots represented Old Testament cleansing. All right? Old Testament. We're going from the old to the new. How many of y'all know most people don't like change? And do you realize it was the change that Jesus was bringing on the scene that got him killed? But guess what? The old was hard and cold and empty. The old was a problem. The old brought humiliation. The old was insufficient and did not satisfy. The old, oh yeah. The old was inferior to what Jesus was fixing to bring. Y'all with me? Now a vessel, you remember? We're vessels. In Timothy, it, it talks about vessels unto honor. You know, we're earthen vessels carrying the gospel. Y'all with me? All right, we're vessels. Do you know how many water pots are they? How many water pots? You know what the number of man is? Six. This is such a picture of man. Man without God, empty. Man without God. You see, uh, we, we, we find Israel in a bad way. Here is man without God. All right, now watch. Now watch. <clears throat> Moses' first miracle turned water into blood, which represented what? Suffering and judgment. Watch this. The Messiah's first miracle turned water into wine, which represented salvation and joy. Are y'all with me? You see, the, you see the difference between the Old and the New? The Old Testament, suffering and judgment. The New Testament, salvation and joy. This miracle clearly represents the changing of the Old Testament covenant to the New Covenant. The jars represented the washings required in the Old Testament that left people empty. Jesus is the New Covenant who came to bring joy I am sure that the disciples remembered this miracle when at the Last Supper in Luke twenty-two twenty, Jesus raised a cup of wine and said, This cup is a New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Somebody say amen for the New Covenant. Amen. A prophetic application. We see prophecy in this miracle, in this message, not just the miracle, but the message. 
All right, then, then we see a practical application. A practical application. The first miracle, <clears throat> the first miracle that Jesus performed teaches us that salvation is through the word of God. Are y'all with me? Through the word of God. Note the symbols here. Symbolism. First, number one, there is a thirsty crowd. Write that down. There is a thirsty crowd. Is this not a picture of the lost world? You know what I, I hear people say all the time? People, people, they don't, they don't want God. They're not looking for God. That's not true. That's not true. They're burning down 900 numbers. They're calling psychics. They're going to drug dealers. They're going to bars. They're going to everything that this world is offering. You know why? Because I'm afraid many times they've gone to churches and found that, the, 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 that what was written on the sign was false advertising. We've got the answer. They go in and they find a bunch of stuck-up people. People are hungry, but they're hungry for what's real. They're not hungry for fake religion. They're not hungry for cold. Listen, hey, think about this. Think about this. What happened? What happened when, when John Baptist came out the wilderness and he is preaching? I'm talking about preaching. And he, he, he's, not, he's not preaching no Joel Osteen message. Y'all with me? He's preaching hell, fire, and brimstone. And he calls the hypocrites that come to the meeting. He said, who told y'all to come out here? He said, you're a generation of vipers. Your, your mama's a viper, your daddy's a viper, your pappy's a viper, and your grandpappy's a viper. You came from a, you just from a long line of, are y'all with me? He calls out the king and said, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. I mean, this dude, he calls it like it is. And watch this. Watch this. You say, people just won't stand for that. There was crowds around him. You know why? Because they went to the temple every day, and it was cold, and it was empty, and it was lifeless. They had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. They had all the form. They had all the looks, but there was no glory in the temple. There was no power in the temple. There was no presence in the temple. I'm here to tell you, I don't care if you have chandeliers. I don't care if you have stained glass. I don't care if you have a pulpit or a steeple. It doesn't matter. You could have a shack on the riverbank and have the power of God in it, and that's all that's necessary. People are looking. People are hungry. People are thirsty. But they're thirsty for something that's real. They're not thirsty for something that's dead. They're not thirsty for something that's traditionally empty. Are y'all with me? It's not about a list of rules. It's not about religion. Religion will kill. Amen. Thirsty people. Look around. They're everywhere. And they're just wanting something real. Amen? Listen, we see a thirsty crowd. A thirsty crowd. Then, number two, we see empty vessels. We see empty vessels. You remember, <clears throat> the vessels represented the human heart. The human heart is hard and empty. <clears throat> The Word of God compares the human being to a vessel. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, 
It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. 2 Timothy 2, Paul is teaching Timothy and telling him in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood, earth, and some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. The sinner's life may look lovely on the outside, but God sees it is. God sees it is empty and useless unless he is able to work a divine miracle. Somebody say amen. So we see a thirsty crowd. We see a thirsty crowd. We see empty vessels. We see empty hearts. <clears throat> what does Jesus say to do? What does he say? All right, write that down. Filled with water. <clears throat> What's significant about that? Water represents the word. Water represents the word. Several places in Scripture, it shows the, the, the connection and the connotation, the symbolism there that the water is the word. So what is, if we're applying this, the symbolism here, what's he saying? What does a human heart need? It needs to be filled with the the word. The word. This is something, this is something that, that I'm, I'm getting and I'm learning and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better <clears throat> at this. My job is not to perform a miracle. My job is is to fill them with the. I don't know about y'all, but I get frustrated. You ever get frustrated sometimes? Especially when we have a, a, a an invitation and, and 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 man, God just gives you one of them show enough messages. It just is emotional and it's just heart tugging and 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 I'll say if if you're here today and you're not one hundred percent sure. You're not 100% sure you'd die and go to heaven. Man, I want to pray. Would you slip up your hand? And, and hands go up all over the building. And I say, man, if, if you'd like to know how to be saved, man, come. And, and, and they don't move. And man, I, I, I just want to jump five pews and grab them. Y'all with me? Like, what, what, what are you thinking, man? Get down here. Or you just... Man, I, I, I've, I've, I've witnessed the people countless times. I, I, was, in, I was in Kentucky. <clears throat> it was last year. Last year, and I was, I was, I was in the truck <clears throat> with... Uh, He's about 18 or 19 years old. I was at a world coon hunt, and 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 it was like, I don't know, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and and we were coming back, and I had a captive audience. He wasn't going nowhere, amen? And and, and this kid, he was so respectful. I mean, he, he knew who I was because he's he's from around the Florence area, and, and we've met before, you know, because when you're coon hunting, you, you see people all the time. And, uh, and, 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 man, I started witnessing to him. I tried to, I was inviting him because it was about the same time. It was right before our Easter thing last year. 
And, uh, and, and, and the amazing thing was the kid was homeschooled. His parents were Christians, went to church all the time. I mean, he was one of those kids that was brought up in church and homeschooled the whole deal. And he knew he was lost. Which is, which is amazing. It's amazing. I mean, because most of the time, a lot, well, I say most of the time, a lot of the times when a kid's brought up that way, they, they either are saved or, or they think they are because, because they were so familiar with. But he knew he was lost. He admitted that he was lost. Man, I tried everything I could. I almost wrecked the truck. Now, that wasn't in the plan. I mean, literally, I'm not, I'm not making that up. I'm not making that up. We was driving, and I got, I got so caught up in talking to him that there was a fork in the road, and, and I couldn't decide which one I wanted to take. <clears throat> we literally went in between the fork down in the grass in the ditch, and I had just got through telling, man, you need to always be ready. You don't never know. I'm, some of y'all looking like, come on. My hand on the Bible. God is my witness. This is what I did. I looked at him. See? <laughs> he laughed and I laughed. I mean, you couldn't do nothing but laugh as we were coming out of the ditch. Amen. And I couldn't get him. Now you say, preacher, you could, I, I could have I said, hey, pray this prayer with me right here. I couldn't, I wanted him to get saved so bad. I've sent him messages after that, even, even you know, inviting him to the, the Easter deal, and I've seen him at another coon hunt later, This matter of fact, this year in Good Spring. But I, I had to understand that I can't turn water into wine. I can give him the word. I can be faithful to share scripture. I can be faithful to witness that's our responsibility. I know it's frustrating. I hope it's frustrating to you. I hope you want to see people say bad. But guys, we got to remember, we can't make anybody. Nowhere, nowhere does it say it put the responsibility or the pressure on the servants. This will help some of us, guys. You've got family that's lost. Nowhere do we see there's any kind of pressure on the... The only pressure that was on the servants was to do what he said. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that helps me. Amen? Listen, fill with water. Water for washing is, in the Bible, an image of the Word of God. All that the servants had to do was fill the empty water pots with water, which is like the servant of God filling the heart of the unbeliever with the Word. It is not our job to save souls, but it is our job to give people the word and let Christ perform the miracle of salvation. All right, number four, we see water to wine. <clears throat> water to wine. Jesus is in the creation business, amen? When the sinner's heart has been filled with the word, then Christ can perform the miracle and bring joy. Now, where do we get that from? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, the word, the word. Philip in Acts 8, in Acts 8, 26, Philip filled the Ethiopian with the word. And when the man believed, the miracle of salvation took place. The Ethiopian went his way rejoicing. rejoicing. 
What happened when they tasted what Jesus had created? They were happy. They were rejoicing. They said this, this is better. How many of y'all knew when you got saved that this was better than the way you used to be? Amen? Boy, I'm going to preach here in a minute. Amen. The Ethiopian went his way rejoicing. John 1.17 says, The law came through Moses. In the Old Testament, water was changed to blood, which indicates judgment. But Christ turned water into wine, which speaks of salvation and joy. Wine also symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Jesus took a bad situation. Jesus took... Now watch this. Watch this. When you depend on man, when you depend on man, it'll always leave you empty. When, hey, when you depend on what the world can provide, it will leave you unsatisfied. Are y'all with me? But if Jesus ever gets his hand on something, it's going to be a great deal. A great deal. You say, what happened because of this? The Bible says his disciples believed on him. Preacher, what do you want to take from this? I want you to believe him. I want you to believe him. I want you to believe that Jesus can take the emptiness in your life and he can replace it with joy. Let me say that again. Somebody needs to hear what I just said. Jesus can take where you feel empty and where the devil's just messed up and, and told you you'll never be happy again, you'll never have joy again, or this is a bad situation. Can you imagine? This, I, I, got, I got nine minutes. I say I'm early. <clears throat> Can you imagine? All right, the, the bridegroom's nervous enough as it is. It's his responsibility to make sure all this goes off without a hitch. It's his responsibility to make sure there's pr- plenty of provision, food and everything for everybody. Because it, 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 it really messes with the reputation of the family and all this kind of stuff. Can you imagine how his heart sank when the servants said, Hey, bud, we in trouble. Can you imagine how he felt? I'm going to be the laughing stock. What is people going to think? Listen, I promise you this. Sometimes in life, it's easy to get to that place you think, What are we going to do? Let me give you some good advice from the mother of Jesus. Whatever he tells you to do, can I can I kind of oversimplify something a minute? <clears throat> when when people come see me <clears throat> with an issue or a problem. Without fail, without fail, the first thing I do, before I even ask them what's wrong, I say, let's pray about this. And I pray for wisdom. And I pray that God will help me help them. And sometimes if I remember, I'll say, have you prayed about this? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, most of the time if they say yes, they're lying.
Why would you say that? Because I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, but I don't have a private line with the Holy Ghost. And I, I'm not trying to mean that smart. I'm just trying to see, get you to see a point. I, 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 God don't like me no more than he likes you. And I don't have like a phone in the side of my office that gets a clear vibe from the Lord. God is no respecter of persons. When Jesus died on the cross, guess what? That veil ripped in the, in, in, in the temple. That veil that kept the commoner out. That veil that kept everybody but the high priest once a year. Now anybody can go in. Isn't that cool? Anybody can go talk to him. Anybody, watch this now, anybody can ask his advice. Now, don't please don't take from that that I don't want you to come talk to me because that's not what I'm trying to say. All I'm trying to say is this. Most of the time, I don't know that much about your problem. I just say, Lord, what do we do? And I try to listen to what he says. And the best thing to do, what did Mary say? Whatever he tells you to do. Say it with me. See, that was way before Nike. See, Nike pirated Mary. <laughs> it's time to dismiss, isn't it? Amen. I'm tired. Just do it. You know, let me say this, because I got five minutes. <clears throat> I'm going to use every bit of it. <clears throat> you know why we won't talk to him? Let me tell you most of the reason why. We already know what he's going to say. Amen. But let me tell you something, just, just for future reference. If them disciples had not have done exactly what Jesus said, it would have been a disaster. Y'all with me? What's the point, preacher? What's your advice? I'm just saying this. When you've when you got a problem and you feel empty, ask him what to do. And no matter what it is, no matter how crazy it is, can you imagine them servants? You want to take these wash pots and put water in them? See, we don't look at it that way sometimes. We, we fail to realize this is almost, What? Because sometimes God will tell you to do something, and you'll say, what? Right? Because it requires faith. All right, put water in there. He said, now dip it out. And guess what? This is another cool thing. This ain't in the notes, but this is really cool. Do you know who the only people at the party that knew about the miracle besides Mary and the disciples? Say it again. The servants. 
Do you know there are several places in, in the scriptures where Jesus did something significant and the only people that knew about it was the servants that he included? You know what, you know what God said, or Jesus said about servants? He said, I have not called you servant, I've called you friend. It is an awesome thing to be a servant of the Most High God. Because when you learn to be faithful and to serve Him, you will get to see things other people don't get to see. There's a whole nother message right there. Nobody wants to serve. But it was the servants. Anyway, I'm going to let you go two minutes early. <clears throat> and all God's people say it. Hey, as we study these signs, as we study these signs, I want it to build your faith. Every single week, we're going to take another one and look at what it means to us. So next week, well, actually, actually next week, we're not going to go to another miracle. We're, we're going to... We're going to uh, see where Jesus, uh, uh, he gets an attitude, and he uh, cleanses the temple. Y'all with me? And we're going to see a whole other side of the Lord next week, all right? All right. Well, let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Hey, be praying for Sunday, okay? Okay? Saturday, I'm Saturday too. Saturday too and Sunday. This is going to be one of the most precious, in my opinion, I, I truly believe this is going to be one of the most precious Easter's we've ever had. So let's pray that God will bring who, who he wants here, and let's pray that his spirit and his anointing will be all over it. And all God's people say it. Father, thank you for your